The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. You're with Hervoye Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, round two here. And if you're worried about World War III, the Great Reset, whatnot, worry no more because NASA has launched a mission to intercept the god of chaos asteroid it's apparently it's uh apophis is a more is a more than 1000 foot wide space rock named for an egyptian deity and nicknamed the god of chaos the asteroid first discovered in 2004 is expected to pass within 20,000 miles of earth's surface nearer than some satellites on april 13 20 29 right before the implementation of agenda 20 2030 um just more empire and decline news gcaptain.com reports uh, actually this is reuters key u.s navy allies abandoned red sea operation after white house blunders biden hoped to present a firm international response to yemen's houthi attacks on red sea shipping by launching a new maritime force but a week after its launch many allies don't want to be associated with it publicly or at all two of america's european allies who were listed as contributors to operation prosperity guardian by the way who comes up with these names for these <laughs> this operation prosperity guardian okay italy and spain they issued statements appearing to distance themselves from the maritime for force uh, can 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 you can you is can it be any louder? Uh, American Empire in decline. Also reports Iran Russia officially ditch U.S. dollar for trade in what may well be a massive development for BRICS. Both Iran and Russia have agreed to trade in local currencies, ditching the dollar. As Reuters uh, reported, that the two have finalized a deal that will have a massive impact on their trade dealings. Uh, both have agreed to abandon the greenback yada 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 uh and yeah just more de-dollarization in process also china pushes northern sea route transit cargo to new record i think that is also important in the grand scheme of things strong demand for russian crude oil in china resulted in record transit cargo on the northern sea route this year more than a dozen shipments delivered 1.5 million tons of crude from the Baltic Sea to China through the Arctic. In total, the route saw 2.1 million tons of transit cargo, surpassing the previous high set. And the previous high was what? Well, I don't have it here, but again, that's a big deal. And some crazy DARPA news from defense1.com. DARPA puts millions behind efforts to power drones with ground-based lasers raytheon gets 10 million to develop energy webs that could keep drones in the air indefinitely great spying on us tracking us uh, bombing us to centers can the u.s military power an entire drone swarm including its directed energy weapons by firing a laser at it under the two-year contract raytheon will create an airborne relay design to enable webs capable of harvesting transmitting and redirecting optical beams 
These webs will transmit energy from ground sources to high altitude for the precision long-range operation of unmanned systems, sensors, and effectors. Skynet is becoming self-aware. Pretty crazy. And even CNN now, just two days ago, publishes how 2023 has been the year of the brink and 2024 could be worse. Tell me about it. Uh, so basically, they go on to allude to authoritarian ambition in America or radical upending of the global order and how 2024 could make 2023 seem rational and sober. They conclude by saying that the arrival of 2024 does not mean we need to dig fallout shelters in the backyard or move to southern Argentina, although I don't think those are bad ideas. Uh, but it does leave the world in a place more precarious than we have seen in decades. Uh, also, this is pretty crazy news. Michigan constitutional sheriff offers militia course for patriots to defend the homeland. I uh, you know the first question I got to ask, are there any FBI informants involved there? Uh, and this is coming from bigleaguepolitics.com who do uh, good work. Also, the Texas GOP attempts to stop the uh, Texit uh, movement. We talked about that recently, how they gather, gathered enough um, signatures to put that on the primary ballot and the GOP says no 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 we don't we're not going to do that because you know North American Union and all that stuff so that's going on and the EU this is pretty crazy uh, I focus a lot on globalism and their white paper strike straight council uh, reports uh, this is my assessment here dumb surf sovereignty is utopian what we need is more supranational globalism dystopia you got one of these technocratic Brussels apparatchiks who says it's not secret that within the European Council, some leaders oppose the reform, especially the ones elected with Eurosceptic platforms because of their fear to lose sovereignty and power. And this guy says, it's utopian to think that in the current global scenario, we can address historical challenges only by ourselves as individual member states. Our reform compromises the redistribution of sovereignty to a supranational level. In the new global scenario we're going to face, Challenges will require a more integrated Europe that needs to speak with a single voice and that cannot be blocked by vetoes, right? No, no, no democracy, please. We need a centralized, integrated, supranational European Fourth Reich Union. We got no room for utopia and sovereignty and democracy and that sort of thing. We need globalist dystopia. Uh, they say it in their, it's, it's from the horse's mouth. Uh, basically right there Israel ready readying for war on seven fronts so yeah good good times Iran's uh Raisi is going to visit Turkey for talks on Gaza soon so a lot is popping off if you missed your favorite TNC radio show or interview you can always listen back to the encore. just visit the episodes over at tncradio.live you can watch uh, the video or just the audio you can download uh everything you want uh replay and 2x speed we're also on all the major podcast platforms apple google spotify amazon podbean uh, and more there's no reason to miss anything on tnt radio delivering the facts source i can trust today's news talk radio tnt on thursday republican presidential candidate neocon nikki haley the second coming of hillary clinton attempted to do damage control over the backlash she has received over her response to a seemingly loaded question at a town hall event by alleging that an audience member who asked her about the Civil War was a Democrat plant. Ooh, 
conspiracy theory right there here with the story joining me once again tnt radio news producer adam clark aka ruckus thanks Savori. now granted i'm no fan of neocon nikki but she might actually be onto something with this one i'm just gonna throw it out there uh you'd have to watch the, the or, or hear the whole audio it really did seem like something was up with this but Regardless, uh, you got to be prepared for this kind of stuff, Nikki. It would appear that the person asking the question was uh, prepared. Uh, but yeah, I think she failed uh, with this one. She got caught um, with a tricky question and she failed to properly navigate it without uh, coming across uh, as being inauthentic, as it were. So basically, an attendee at a town hall in New Hampshire on Wednesday um, asked uh, her what she thinks or what what caused basically the civil war okay and after a, an uncomfortable pause uh she said quote well don't come with an easy question right end quote ha 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 funny just trying to avoid it like ooh awkward um and she gave a pretty long weird answer and i don't think it was the one that everyone was hoping she would give um so she says uh, she actually asked the questioner, um, she says, quote, what do you think the cause of the Civil War was? Uh, and he said, quote, I'm not running for president. And <laughs> so it's that kind of thing. But Haley says, quote, I mean, I think it always comes down to the role of government and what the rights of the people are. End quote. She then transitioned into a weird uh, word salad uh, involving freedom, capitalism and as many other Buzzwords, as she could fit into one sentence, you'd have to hear it to believe it. Uh, but at the end of Haley's answer, the questioner, who appears as if they were expecting her to say something like that, responded, quote, in the year 2023, it's astonishing to me that you answered that question without mentioning the word slavery, end quote. Uh, she asked back, quote, what do you want me to say about slavery, end quote. And his, uh, the, the questioner's response was, quote, you've answered my question. Thank you, end quote. Wow. Okay. So she went to a podcast of some sort. She did an interview uh, on today, Thursday, with a New Hampshire radio show. And she responded to the bipartisan whiplash over her answer and acknowledged the obvious. Quote, of course, the Civil War was about slavery, end quote, is what she said, going on to clarify why she spoke about individual rights and the role of government. She furthermore says, quote, yes, I know it was about slavery. I'm from the South, end quote. And the former South Carolina governor then alleged that the audience member was planted by President Joe Biden and the Democratic Party to make her look bad. She said, quote, Biden and the Democrats keep sending Democrat plants to do things like this to get the media to react. We know when they're there. We know what they're doing, end quote. Really? According to Haley, the Democratic Party machine is targeting her because they believe she will handily defeat Biden in a general election and therefore wants to sink her campaign to ensure that Donald Trump wins the Republican nomination. Quite the conspiracy theory, Haley, uh, who she further claims, moreover, that she recognized the audience member as a quote unquote plant, which is why she tried to turn the question around on him. Oh, OK. She says, quote, it was definitely a Democrat plant. That's why I said, what does it mean to you? And if you notice, he didn't answer anything. The same reason he didn't tell the reporters what his name was. The same reason he went and showed the guy that he was with the tweet that went up after he did it. We see these guys when they come to our events. We know what they're doing and we know 
from the second they asked the question. If you look at the last swing I did in New Hampshire, there was one at every single town hall. This is what they do, and I'm trying to turn the questions back on them, end quote. Uh, Haley, however, of course, did not offer any evidence to back her claims. And according to the New Hampshire Journal, the audience member later told reporters that he asked a question, the question, because he knew that Haley was asked the same question more than a decade ago, a decade ago, and wanted to see how she would answer today. So I don't know. This could go either way, her worry. Uh, but she seems quite confident that it was a plant. Let's say you. You mentioned she went on a podcast, right? Because you think we can get her on TNT? That'd be something. Hey, let's send her an invite. <laughs> I think I might just for, I mean, if she'll go on a podcast, uh, why not? But, um, you know, of course there are plants in, in you know, from both the right and the left. That's usual. Uh, so, you know, that's a given. And uh, also what you mentioned and what's written here, uh, that a politician will speak and do uh you know according to whichever way the wind is blowing that's a given as well here it says the haley's reluct reluctance to frankly discuss the civil war only feeds perceptions that she's willing to sacrifice her principles and even actual history when politically convenient well that, that's that's what politicians <laughs> do uh right and so and then by the way there was a hilarious meme um this week that i caught of it's the whole the scooby-doo one where they, they uh take off the mask and to see who's really underneath and it was vivek ramaswamy pulling the mask off of uh nikki haley and underneath was hillary <laughs> hillary clinton uh but i do find it odd on one hand why are we talking about the the you know the second civil war you know i've had guests correct me and call the 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 civil war the, the second civil war because the first one was fought uh at the beginning but we should be talking about the, the, the this new civil war that the regime wants to get us popping off. Uh, so, yeah, I, I did kind of find it odd. Why, why do we keep talking about the civil war when we have so many things going on right now? But, you know, your further thoughts, Ruckus, as to what went on. Well, with now, Nikki. again, I don't, I'm not trying to defend uh, Nikki on this one, but uh, Neocon Nikki. Um, she might actually be onto something about, like, not being able to give such a simple elementary school level answer because based on my own research as a grown-up, I learned that there was a lot more going on with the Civil War than just simply, oh, they wanted to end slavery. Far from it. That kind of came up later after the war had started. So, um, yeah, what, what, it's just one of those gotcha questions. And the, the dude asking the question, I think, clearly knew what he was doing. And I think he also clearly knew exactly what she was going to say. So I think she's right. I think it was a plant. Yeah, and people, as you say, it's, it's um, I, I, you know, I read Paul Craig Roberts, some of my guests and others who've said that, you know, the British Empire had its hand as well in the Civil War. Uh, part of it was, you know, classic divide and conquer of this new up and coming um, a polity Amer uh, known as the United States of America, uh, as well as to try to, you know, put America under British uh, wings uh, again, uh, among many other uh, agendas, not just slavery, as, as you mentioned, uh, Ruckus, that, that's history. It's very complicated and uh, nuanced. And so, all right, well, we'll keep following Neocon, Nikki, and the rest of the lot. Uh, thanks for that, Ruckus. Have a wonderful evening. We've got Herbie K. of the1964plan.org coming on. We'll be right back. 
TNT Radio's Chris Smith. Despite being used to protect travellers from terrorists, hijackers or violent drunks or those who were drugged out as they board, and this has been going on since 1961, they won't be around this Thanksgiving. None of them. Air marshals were always meant to be invisible. Well, you can guarantee that this Thanksgiving. Ironically, the Biden administration has been hijacking air marshals for all kinds of other duties, leaving the passengers they were meant to guard and protect completely helpless. Air marshals have been lumbered with assisting the chaos on the southern border. They might be called air marshals, but an unknown number are now seconded to work on the ground. Maybe they're ground marshals now, marshalling illegal immigrants on the border and doing the job supposedly meant for the United States Customs and Border Protection. Where are they? Chris Smith on TNT Radio. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. We don't rock. Rock. We talk. Today's News Talk. TNT Radio. Joining us on this Rebel Transmission is Herbie K., founder of The1964Plan.org, whose mission is to restore America. You could also check out his Substack, uh, which you'll find linked uh, at the website. It's it's kind of a mouthful, but the 1964 plan on Substack. Welcome to TNT Radio, Herbie. It is a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. And I was looking at your website and um, a lot of interesting stuff going on there. And, uh, you know, you're right in detailing that America has a lot of problems, too many problems. It's it's an empire in uh, decline. And then if you want to tell us a bit, you know, before looking at some of these issues, anything about yourself, uh, as well as, you know, how you came to to this idea of, of you know, why 1964 and, and, and founding this? Well, I'll start with the worst part first. So after a long career of success, my I was developing real estate in Mexico, no less. I understand you live in Mexico. Is that correct? Yes. And I'm a naturalized Mexican citizen as well. Well, I have an FM3, FM3. So I, so I was, uh, I worked in Mexico. I was developing real estate in Mexico until the crash of 2008. I lived in Tucson, Arizona, and I, I'm a pilot. I, I would fly down, visit my projects, fly back. Long story short, the crash came. I crashed with it. I went way beyond the bounds of good character and good thinking, and I ended up doing a little stint in prison. Now, I always say that because without it, I would have never developed the 1964 plan. And while I was in prison, I had a a lot of time on my hands, obviously. So I treated it like being in a monastery. 
And because you wear the same clothes all the time, you eat the same diet all the time, you follow rules you have nothing to do with and you can't say no to, it was very monastic. So I spent hours writing. I wrote lots and lots and lots of things. But among those things, it came to me one day while walking around the track outside that I had a unique perspective on the lowest part of our society that normally someone like me, and I'm educated, I just, I don't want to, you know, I don't like to brag about myself, so I'm not going to go into this, but people like me normally don't end up where I ended up, except for my own stupidity and lack of character at that moment. And you have to own these things, otherwise you can't get past them. And so, but while I was there, and you can tell that I'm gray haired, I, I started going gray when I was 20. So I was what they called a yard dad and all these lost boys of all the different and and a prison is a segregated place. So and not by the not by the administration, but by the inmates themselves, the races don't mix. But I mixed with all the races. Um, I, mi I mixed with Chicanos and the Paisas because I speak Spanish. So I spent a lot of time with the cartel guys and, and I spent time with them, not because I want to join the cartel, but because they were interesting. And you have a lot of time on your hands. I gained a lot of perspective. And from that, some of the things I always thought ended up being true. And some of the things I always thought about that, about crime and the breakdown of society turned out not to be true. And where the 1964, the reason I picked the name, the 1964 plan, is that was the year the Civil Rights Act passed. And from that point forward, discrimination in the United States was illegal. So that was the last great, in my opinion, the last great piece of legislation. And America at the time was on top of the world. In 1964, Vietnam was not even on the, on the radar of anybody. We hadn't managed to spend ourselves into oblivion. The country was not fractured. All we had to do was stop discriminating and play out the string the way we had, we, and we would be great. But of course, we didn't, and here we are, and that's why I wrote the 1964 plan, and now you can ask me anything. Yeah, and there's so much to discuss, and and it's, uh, you know, m both of my guests today, my previous guest, Martha Hennessy, who's a peace activist, um, and um, really, the, the, these two hours were talking about the same issues, you know, the American empire, uh, the wars, uh, the oligarchy, the economic crisis, homelessness and, and, and poverty. And so maybe starting big, big picture and drilling on down, um, you know, I was born in Illinois, U.S. citizen, and, you know, you, you, we're all taught the usual stuff about America and anyone can become president, blah, blah, blah. And then later you realize you know, it's no, you can't. And um, there's a lot of corruption in Washington. We're an empire. We're starting all these crazy wars. And so um, I feel like we're in an empire in decline. The economy is declining and tyranny is rising as well. And this is a classic formula throughout history as empires rise and, and, and uh, fall. And uh, thoughts on the state of, of the empire and, and then uh, the republic. I think the country is tribalizing. I think all of the things you mentioned is a result of tribalization. We have a ruling elite. I totally agree with you. We do not have, I, I always laugh when someone says we live in a capitalist society. We don't. We live in a capitalist society. We have a we have an oligarchy, call it whatever you want, that that writes the laws to benefit itself and they're in cahoots. The reason I wear this shirt, stop electing morons, is because I'm apolitical. I don't care what party you vote for. They're both the same in my view. It's a uniparty of corruption. And and I don't know that the system as it stands now can be salvaged, but if it isn't, we're, you know, um, I noticed that you had what might be, I thought maybe a Czech name or, so, or different kind of last name. I only bring that up because, or maybe Yugoslavia, Yugoslavia broke up just exactly the way we're doing it now. It went, it tribalized. This is exactly what happens when a society goes into decline. It breaks apart into tribal groups. 
And I don't want to follow the footsteps of Yugoslavia. So here we are. Me neither. And you, you'd be correct. More specifically, uh, I'm a Croatian. My name, Hrvoje, literally means uh, in Croatian, Croat. Uh, Croatian. And so my parents uh, came from Yugoslavia. And that's where we get the word balkanization from balkanize, right? And so I we think are there balkanizing. are yes and i think you're nailing that on the head and i don't see as many people talking about it and i feel like the ruling party or ruling elites they want this uh to happen they want us to balkanize well, it's classic divide and conquer and so um i think that's i don't part know of the if that's the case i think they kind of stepped into it i think they're arrogant and i think they're unaware and i think they're right i think they think they're right i'm sorry i don't think they're right but i think they think they're right and when you start to believe and when power, you know, power, as the old saying goes, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And these people have the founding fathers never envisioned people like the president having careers where their entire adult life is spent in politics. Because at the time, if you lived to be 40, you were a lucky guy. OK, there were it was a very short lifespan. And these men were all at the time we lived in an agrarian society. They all had to go back to their farms and plantations. They didn't they couldn't make full time careers of politics. And then we got the most evil president in history, which is Woodrow Wilson. And he passed a series of amendments to the constitution, which sealed our doom. Our doom was sealed in 1913. From that point forward, this was inevitable where we're going. We instituted a federal reserve system and fractionalized banking, which is gonna be, wait till you see the bank collapses that are gonna come this year. It's gonna be awful. And my background is finance and I don't wanna get into it. And I don't wanna be make anyone depressed, but. So the second thing um, that that happened is, what was the word I was looking for? The Oh, he passed the 19th Amendment, which was to allow vote who didn't necessarily own, own property. So the whole idea that the founders had was you shouldn't be able to vote for how much you steal. Alexis de Tocqueville in 1815 pointed out that America would come to an end if we ever found out that we could vote ourselves benefits we don't pay for. But by passing the 19th Amendment, they allowed everyone to vote, regardless of where they held power and where they held property. And I'm all, of course, women should vote. And of course, black people should vote. That's why I call this the 1964 plan. I'm all about equal rights. But, but regardless of your color, if you don't have skin in the game, you should not be allowed to vote for how much you steal. It's like saying to a mosquito, how much blood do you want to draw? And so we have 52% of our population who don't pay any taxes whatsoever. They pretend like they do, but they don't. And they vote, and naturally they don't care where, where it comes from. And the balkanization comes from this idiocy of, of identity. You know, it, you know, I'm Russian Jewish, but I have to go around going, I'm Russian Jewish, I'm Russian Jewish, I could care less. I mean, I, I care a lot privately, it's a family thing, but We've gotten to the point where we're we're identifying ourselves by skin pigment and 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 gender. If you can even and how many genders are there? Eight thousand? I don't know. And the the country's lost its mind. And if we don't turn it around soon, it's over. I, I would totally agree, and I also agree that Woodrow Wilson was a terrible president. Uh, you had a lot terrible. of these elites elites well, behind don't him. The income tax. I forgot the income tax. The the, the greatest yeah. license to steal of all. You know. When when would you here's a great I don't know if you if you know this and I don't mean to like bring up weird trivia, but I have a mind like that. Prior to Woodrow Wilson, the average length of a bill in Congress was five pages, five, five. Now it's over five thousand. And what is and no one reads it. They they hustle them to, to vote for it without even reading it. And buried in there 
are tons and tons of special favors, and not just to the oligarchs, but to everyone, the trade unions and the farmers groups and anyone who can vote and provide money to the political class. And we've got to put an end to it. It's as simple as that. And the, my first step, if I, if I were in charge, is I'd, I'd repeal the income tax altogether, and I'd repeal the 13th Amendment and go to a national sales tax. So everybody pays. And when everybody pays, then they start to understand what everything costs. I would agree with some of those uh, ideas real quick. Herbie, we're going to jump to our headlines. We'll be right back. Now, TNT Radio News. Uh-oh. Scandal. Huge news. This is very important. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Former Attorney General Bill Barr has voiced his opinion that the U.S. Supreme Court should overturn a decision made by the Colorado Supreme Court, which disqualifies former President Donald Trump from appearing on Colorado state ballot. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov has criticized Western nations for fostering global instability and conflicts to further their own interests. The death penalty previously imposed on eight Indian nationals in Qatar has been reduced, as per a recent announcement by the Indian Foreign Ministry. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We're continuing our chat with Herbie K. Of, uh, the website is the1964plan.org, and you can also find him on Substack, uh, the1964 plan. Um, you just search that on Substack. And, you know, I, I do want to go to the economy uh, here on TNT Radio. We look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I have had recently a number of um, economic experts, John Rubino, Michael Mahari, of, um, who works with Peter Schiff and, and the Tenth Amendment Center. And both of them were giving a, um, how would we call it, uh, a, a very uh, bad diagnosis of the, the economy that we're headed for. We're, we're going off the cliff uh, pretty soon. And, uh, you know, one of my concerns is inflation. Uh, and the erosion of the middle class, you talk about on your website as well, you know, the homelessness, we're just seeing insane amounts of homelessness in America. I had a Mexican friend of mine, so a, a Mexican, and the, the interesting thing is here, America views Mexico as this third world hellhole, and you've got a Mexican now, my friend, he goes to California, and he he, he calls it social violence. He was shocked to see the level of homelessness in America, and we don't have that sort of thing in Mexico. Yeah, we got cartel issues, but the, you know the homelessness—you don't really have much of it here because the cost of living is lower. Families, families right? Yeah, and so you're, you're the Mexican the family. Economy. The Mexican family is intact. Mexico is a wonderful example of why you don't really need a, a, an encompassing welfare state. The family takes care of it, you know, and that's what we've done. We've destroyed the nuclear family by replacing the role of parents with the state. That's what welfare is, and we've created a. a a society of dependence, especially we've destroyed the black community. In 1960, 80% of black children were born into two parent families. Today, it's exactly the opposite. 20% of black children, less than 20%, 18% of black children are born into two parent families. And it's not that every child of a single mother ends up being a criminal, but I can tell you from firsthand experience, virtually every single criminal I ever met didn't have a father and had started breeding themselves when they were 13 and 14 years old and had many baby mamas that's what they called them and so that class is like a it's the only part of our society that's growing you know that's why by the way speaking of mexico the healthiest demographics in the world are mexico right now so god bless mexico mexico if they play their cards right could really run the table 
not too crazy about this current president, but we'll see what happens in the next election. But then again, what do I care? I've never met Emla. I just, I just, socialism to me, I can't understand why it keeps resurfacing. I just don't get it. But here we are. Ask me anything. Yeah, and just what you mentioned about um, Mexico, I just read today that it's jumped two places up. It's now the 12th largest economy in the world. Uh, and so, as you mentioned, if they play, if we play our cards right, I can say we now because I'm a Mexican citizen. Uh, things will be looking up. We just the, the biggest problem, you know, the elephant in the room is the cartel security uh, situation. And so, oh, we, uh, you know, that's America's fault. And we could end that tomorrow if we legalize drugs. This is so stupid. I spent so many hours with cartel. Do you know that I was in two prisons, Yuma prison and and uh, Kingman, Arizona prison. In Kingman, Arizona, the, the the cartel bosses and I got close because they kept trying to get me to work for them. When I got out, they wanted me to launder money. And absolutely no way would I do that because don't do the crime if you can't do the time. And, you know, once was enough. That's my cat in the background being a cat. So anyway, um, what was I going to say? So I learned how they smuggle in drugs. And I'm telling you, there is absolutely no way to stop them. We're not stopping any of it. But what we're doing is destroying Latin America. Because these cartels, without the customer, there's no need for the cartel. If you legalize drugs and let them just go to Walgreens to buy their heroin, it will be A, extremely cheap. We have to, let me back up. People have to understand the drug addiction is bad. I'm not saying it's good, but I'm saying it's a health problem that we've criminalized. We've turned a, a health, it's no different than alcoholism. I'm sorry, it isn't. And why we choose this drug is okay and that drug isn't. You know, there were opium dens in this country until the 1930s. That we, we did just fine. The greatest century in America's history was the 19th century and opium was legal the whole time. Mrs. Earp, Wyatt Earp's wife was drinking laudanum by the gallon. We can manage drug addiction, but, if, but what we're doing is causing, and our inner city violence is entirely drug related. And that's simply because in an illegal enterprise, you can't sue. I don't know if people really think about this. The reason the cartels are so violent is that the drug business is a handshake business, but it's also an illegal business. That's why it's a handshake business. So if someone cheats you, what is your recourse but violence? If we legalized, the cartels could become legitimate for all I care and become drug importers, but then they could do business like normal people. And I'm telling you, I knew them firsthand. They are not like in the movies. They are not two-dimensional bangs dripping blood, evil, out to kill everybody. They're, they're just taking advantage of a remarkable um, opportunity from their point of view and making more money than God. I knew truck drivers for the cartel that made a million dollars a year, truck drivers. So just think about that, how much money is involved. It's ridiculous. If we legalize drugs, we solve a lot of urban problems overnight, and we help Mexico and the rest of Latin America all at the same time. I, I would totally agree with what you just said um, as an American Mexican uh, and also, also as a Christian, because I'll hear many American mainline Christians, you know, say drugs bad, they must be illegal. And I'm like, wait, I'm here in Mexico around me, the crazy stuff that I, I, I see and experience. You've got kidnapping, extortion, uh, half hour from my home. So a few years ago, they discovered a home. Uh, with barrels of acid where people were being dissolved, th this kind of stuff. So uh, you're crying about drugs that need to be illegal and their bad influence, but but that is causing... Look, there is a huge part of the population for whom longevity is not their goal. 
Okay, they're not happy people. You have, and we have to accept this. There are people who are never going, they had three strikes against them before the game ever began. And all they're trying to do is get through the day. And if that involves using drugs, wouldn't it be better to treat them and treat them as human beings as opposed to drive them in the hand of pushers, make the drug, heroin is a good example. Heroin at 5% of its street cost is an incredibly profitable product. It's, it's non-patentable. You, you, you can make it like aspirin. They could, it's incredibly cheap to make. The only reason it's expensive is because of illegality and the cost of avoiding interdiction. But this, you know, your houses wouldn't be broken into, theft and murder would be almost unheard of, inner city streets would be clean. And I know this because of Portugal. Not of, not of, Portugal didn't even go as far as I would go, but they went as close as any country has ever gone to total legalization. And the result of that has been the lowest crime rate in Europe, the lowest murder rate in the world. The, the, I've been to Lisbon, I've been to Porto. It's a, Portugal is a delightful country that you can walk the streets all night long and you have nothing to worry about. And it's, and before that, Lisbon was a toilet. It was drug legalization, drug legalization. We need to do it. And then that frees up. We've wasted a trillion dollars since 1971 on a war we were never going to win. So it's time to just get real and start treating addicts as what they are. And it, the other thing is, is that once a kid gets a drug, gets a criminal record, an 18 year old kid gets a criminal record for drug possession or use or sale. And they sell drugs, by the way, because that's how they support their habit. They, they, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a vicious cycle. Well, those they're ruined. Once you have a felony conviction, you know, not all those guys have any way to overcome that. Now they're felons for life. They're going to do life on the, on the installment plan. And the prison becomes a revolving door for these people. And they're not afraid of it. It's a lifestyle. I can tell you that from firsthand experience. And I'm not a lifestyle I want, but you know, it's, that's not where I come from. I don't, I don't live life on the street. We, our problems are not solvable because as Thomas Sowell says, there are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. The trade-off of the drug war has been the, the, the rampant corruption of Latin America and the destruction of our inner cities and the homeless problem. Okay. Now the, 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 the consequence of legalization would be that we would have to accept that a certain number of people are simply not going to get better, but you know, welcome to adulthood. Okay, let's 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 start thinking like adults and not children. And that's all that's all I'm suggesting. Think, think critically and stop trying to manifest your your reality as, as reality. And the problem is social media has put everybody in these echo chambers of their cognitive biases to where they they don't really understand how how way off they're on. And and the and the press, the news today doesn't exist to to, to share information. It exists to get you to watch more news. And, and it's it's a destructive, horrible cycle, and we need to break it. And I'm afraid the only way we're going to break it is if we get lucky and a Cincinnati emerges, which I'm not, you know, that's a dice roll. But I hope. I, I don't think, I really don't think that what we're about to have happen is avoidable at this point. And I'm not a pessimist by nature, but I think it's too late. I think we're going to go in, go down. And the question is, are we going to go completely down or are we going to use the opportunity? Sometimes... The radical becomes reasonable when the shit hit, when the stuff hits the fan. Pardon me. Didn't mean to didn't mean to do that. But um I don't have to curse, but I was a sailor, so what can I say? The um we and I, the 1964 plan is a plan, not propaganda. So I always tell people there are parts of it you're gonna like and there are parts of it you're gonna hate because it's an actual plan. Okay, not 
I'm not, I didn't write it for it to be, to go towards one group of people. I, I don't want people my age to sit, sit watching Fox News all day long to be who I pander to all totally. And at the very same time, you know, I listen to people on MSNBC and I listen to everything because I like to get a full, a full picture. Um, they're out of their minds. They're, they're, they're trying to manifest a reality that isn't there because they're progressive and progressivism is all about that. But it's not about, it doesn't matter who's the next president. It's too late. In fact, if I were running for office, the last thing I'd want to do is win. If I were Trump, I'd quit. I'd be honest with you. Because whoever's in office, when the poo-poo hits the fan, is going to be who's going to get blamed for it. And, you know, like back when the crash of 2008, Bush got blamed, but Bush did not cause that crash. The seeds of that destruction was sown in 1996. It, it, it was long before Bush ever got around. They changed, I won't go into it. That's a long, boring discussion, but it has nothing to do with the 1964 plan. But as you can tell, my mind wanders. It's I'm always busy. But anyway, ask me, I don't want to take over the interview. Lead me to where you want to go. No, well, that, that's also, uh, feel free to take it over. And, you know, under Clinton as well, I think you allude to, uh, he removed the Glass-Steagall Act that was uh, put into place uh, in the 40s uh, and, and, and stuff like that. And I do want to get your further thoughts on, Trump, you've written about him on your Substack. It is it is time for our break. Uh, again, the website is the1964plan.org, and you can um, as well go to the Substack, the 1964 plan. Feel free to leave comments in the chat, uh, email me or call in. We'll be right back. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. If by some unimaginable impossibility, you're still trying to determine whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, ask yourself the following questions. Did you favor the Baphomet statue being erected at the Iowa State Capitol? Did you enjoy the school board swearing in on a stack of child pornography books? Do you find nothing objectionable about a homosexual sex tape being recorded in a Senate hearing room and posted online? And finally, did you just love the transgender nutcracker down a hallway hideously decorated by Dr. Jill Biden for Christmas at the White House? If the answer to one or more of these questions is yes, you might be a Democrat. In fact, you're definitely a Democrat. As for the rest of us, if you doubted that, in the words of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, this next election is the choice between normal and crazy, wonder no more. Last week said it all. From aginstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. There are 16 million children struggling with hunger in America. That's one in five daughters, sons, neighbors, and classmates who don't know where their next meal is coming from. Yet billions of pounds of good food go to waste every year. It's time we do something about it. Feeding America is a nationwide network of food banks that helps provide meals to millions of kids and families in need. Visit feedingamerica.org to help them feed even more. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. You're with Hervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's our final segment with Herbie Kay, who's got a fascinating background. He's founder of the 1964plan.org. You can also uh, subscribe to his Substack. And uh, one of the planks, the, the, you know, parts of your plan that you also mentioned, which is interesting, is National Compulsory Service. Uh, I did Peace Corps in Mongolia. 
Uh, you know, I, I did a, a little over a year, so I didn't complete the service. I, I, I love the Peace Corps. Uh, you've got the AmeriCorps. Um, you know, I, I'm not keen on compulsory, but being a, you know, a former, a history, uh, major international relations, former professor, I, you know, I'm not totally, I am willing to hear, hear it out. I, uh, As you know, I suggest that I'll, to give people an alternative military or something like the Peace Corps, no, but with a military structure. And the reason that I suggest it is to try to recapture at least part of the generation that we've completely lost to get hold of all of these these kids being raised as entitled by by parents who well mostly single parents and as a as a result of that 52% of our population it doesn't have a father at home it just doesn't and that's manifested in lots of ways so i'm basically saying let them grow up for a couple of years after they get out of high school and i've noticed i live in an area with a lot of mormons and I know there are a lot of Mormons in Mexico and Mormons go on mandatory mission for two years um, after, you know, I think when they're 18 and not, I'm not a Mormon, obviously, but I believe that's the case. And you know what? Every, I know lots of Mormons, they grow up and they have phenomenal family values and they come home experienced of what the world really looks like. And I'm not going to make a religious commentary. I don't want to go there. Um, they, the, we need to restore values. And the only way we're going to do that is compulsorily. But at the very same time, um we have to <laughs> somehow preserve civil liberty so the the problem is is that politics has become so filthy that all we get is donald trump and 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 joe biden senile or trump is i i believe they Chappelle got trump right i think he's an honest liar i think that he lies about himself i and one of my substacks recently i went through cnn had an article the 15 biggest lies i googled on um uh, what was it, what was I looking for when I when I googled on um, Trump's worst lies? CNN came up first. On went into the article, and it was um, the fifteen lies were just puffery. You know, I had the biggest inaugura inauguration ever, and I'm the greatest, and everything. But none of them meant the thing compared to the most politicians. When Trump had, as presidents go, a fairly successful term. You can pretend that that, that isn't true. But I could go down his, his accomplishments. To me, his greatest accomplishment was the Abraham Accords. The only reason we're not in World War III right now with what's going on in the Middle East is the Abraham Accords. Keep, have you noticed how silent the Saudis are and the Bahrainis and the, and the Omanis and the Emirates? They're silent because they've made peace with Israel and they're all making money together. You know, Israel had what they needed, technology and investment capital. They had what Israel needed, more investment capital and new markets. And they're getting along great because Jews and Arabs are the same people, but for an accident of history. And so, it, you know, we're cousins. Jews know that. Jews and Arabs are cousins fighting each other. But we'd be in World War III now if not for the Abraham Accords. And I, I don't know how Trump didn't win the Nobel Prize. Obama got it for being black. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful, but they gave it to him for doing absolutely nothing. Nothing. And that, that blows my, that's the world we live in. I call him Barack Obama for uh, all of the drone strikes that w went on under his uh, uh, reign. He was the least qualified president that ever that ever hit the street. The guy was a, a, a community activist and a one-year senator. That His whole thing is he's the greatest teleprompter reader I've ever seen. The absolute best teleprompter reader. And that and being black and, and being able to appear glib. But if you've ever seen him when he has to ad lib, he's not bright.
I'm sorry, he's just not. He's never held a real job in his life. And that and his presidency, in my view, was disastrous. And a lot of the things that we're going to have to deal with now, and this is not a, I liked President Clinton just to show I, I'm not political. I thought President Clinton, I don't care that Monica Lewinsky gave him up. You know, I mean, I just don't think we should have talked about it. I don't think it was anybody's business. But having said that, and I know he lied about it, but let me tell you why that never stuck. Because every man in America was going, I'd have lied. I'd have lied and lied and lied. Who the hell would tell the truth in front of all? I mean, at first, wouldn't your natural reaction be to deny that in front of the whole world? I mean, if you get anyway, I don't want to go into it, but I I view people as people, not as some ideal. You know, George Washington did not shit marble. And, you know, he was a man like any other. He was foul mouthed. A lot of people don't know this. George Washington, the reason his troops loved him, he was foul mouthed. He had been a soldier most of his life off and on. And he talked to them like, at their level. Now, you can't picture George Washington throwing the F-bomb. And I don't know what the, you know, the uh, 18th century equivalent of the F-bomb was, but I, I, I assure you he was hurling it. That's a historical fact. So, you know, we have to, the problem is we have too much exposure and we start to, you know, like you can see a sweat on this high, on this high uh, de definition kind of picture. And that's a little too much to a lot of people, to anyone decent, you know, one of my advantages is, is my reputation is so destroyed as a result of my own actions that I just couldn't get any more destroyed. You know, it kind of makes me immune to criticism. You can call me whatever you want. I could care less. I've been called. I, I've had people look me in the eye and wish I was dead. So that's okay. I I completely get it. Okay. I know, but no one who's short of a criminal record wants to run for up. Everybody's got a skeleton in their closet. Everybody has something they don't want brought out. And it's going to be brought out. And then so the only people we get are sociopaths, people who don't care what their reputation is and live only in the moment and for their own gratification. And that's what I think Trump and Biden have in common. I think they're both sociopaths and not also. I, I didn't say psychopath. Don't please don't anyone comment. Say I'm not calling. I have met real psychopaths. There's an enormous difference between a psychopath and a sociopath. I was in a sociopathy is a defense mechanism. For a lot of people otherwise they can't survive their lives especially life on the street i knew a lot of sociopaths in prison who otherwise if they had been born into another family might have been surgeons and engineers it's just the luck of the draw the genetic bad luck of it all but now who else would run for anything notable anything higher than state senator calls for a sociopath it just does and that's and here we are yeah, by the way i, I have I'm... nobody running for the, so so far i see nobody i like running I feel the same way. I've I've worked with narcissistic sociopaths, and I think psych psychopaths is when you're willing to like actually kill people and 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 that sort of thing. Well, they have dead and eyes. When you look into the eyes of a psychopath, it's like you know, a, it's like Hans Landa in Inglorious Bastards. That's what a psychopath looks like: dead eyes. That's it. That, that was a good film, and just on the. Um, national compulsory service that you mentioned just some of my experiences you know i've had students here in mexico i used to teach at the top uh school uh and some of them went to like some i, I don't know what it was some military boarding schools and whatnot and they were very and they're successful now I, I see some of them what they're doing on social media and um they would always refer to me as sir sir yes sir uh and very and, and i think you know that coming from a school um it's very structured or as you mentioned compulsory service or you mentioned what, what israelis do the the idf they all serve two years uh male and female and i, I Swiss had do that do you know what country has more guns per capita than any other country in the world is switzerland did you know that do you know that every swiss citizen has an automatic weapon in their home and they're not mowing each other down 
Okay, that's why the Nazis never invaded Switzerland. They're all armed to the teeth, but they're not killing each other because they haven't tribalized. They haven't balkanized. They haven't done what we've done. And if we don't put this genie and I, I have a very, as you know, for example, I suggest basic training in prison. I suggest we put uh, young men as they come into prison through basic training. It wouldn't kill them. We can use retired drill instructors. They need to learn. They have no idea what self-discipline is. They have no idea. You can't expect somebody with no foundation to understand how to structure a healthy life. And all prison is, they throw them on the street with absolutely no money on a street corner. And then when the police in an easy arrest, they go looking for the same guy because they know he's doing something illegal. And they grab him and they put him back in to keep their arrest stats up and to tell the, the continue the charade. But here's an interesting statistic. Do you know what percentage of crime in the United States is actually solved? Except for confession broad confession when they start blabbing like idiots how many what percent of crime is actually solved and i won't waste time with this it's five percent five percent that's statistically true most murders go unsolved that's why you hear about them on the news you never hear about anyone getting arrested because unless you're an idiot and you haven't watched csi miami you're not going to get caught okay the, the murderers who get caught are the dummies the dumbest murderers but unfortunately serial killers are smart and they come from single parents so are mass shooters. Okay, almost every mass shooter comes from a background. Yesterday, there was a story about a brother in Florida who killed his brother and sister over Christmas presents. And the only parents they had was their grandmother. The mother and father were absent. What a surprise. You know, th this is not a coincidence. We're um, running out of time, I think two and a half minutes to midnight. And, um, you know, any other thoughts? Um, thoughts on moving forward um you know what your plan is for the 1964 uh plan listen right now we are bottom feeders on the great food chain of life but as i said the radical becomes reasonable when the shit hits the fan and it's going to hit so i'm what we're doing now is forming the foundation and the movement will catch fire um i don't know if you can tell this but i'm a very good public speaker and when the poop i, I hate to be you know false modesty is just as fake as anything else I'm a great public speaker. And when the poop hits the fan, I will hit the road and we're raising money to do that. It's by the way, all deductions are tax deductible because we make no political. We're a 501c3. You can deduct your contribution. And, and also we would love people to volunteer because we're forming a network to get ready for what's coming. And I hope it doesn't come. And if it doesn't come, okay. But and what we're going to use the money for is simply so that I can travel and speak at college campuses and around the country, neighborhoods, and go into every place that will listen to me. I'll speak to five people or 5,000 people, and I don't need a speaking fee. I just want to, to provide a track to run on Not that's an actual plan and not just another piece of propaganda. And, and I, I'm guessing your goal then is just to get people more thinking about these things these issues that broach both the left and right divide no well i have no political ambition and by the way there's nothing there's no law that says a felon can't hold federal office i just don't want to I, I have no interest in it because that would pollute myself i'm a human being power is a corrupting influence someone has to lead the charge who is disinterested in power and that's me i'm just i couldn't the last thing i want is control over anybody else's life what i want to be is the advisor and the person who helps rebuild a culture. And I think that's a much more important job than holding an office and getting a, your picture taken and having people grovel at your feet. And the first thing I'd do if I were president is stop playing hail to the chief, that's insane. We have to de-imperialize the presidency of the United States. They're not the emperor.
It's just the guy. And the guy we have now is wearing diapers and can't walk with and, and can barely finish a sentence. Mm -hmm. They bring him out when he sun, sunsets for a couple hours. That's a those of us who are old enough to know this, that's what happens.